Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast, it's the wrestling podcast getting over. Elimination Chamber is coming to you this weekend, and we've got all the news, matches, predictions you could possibly want to get you prepared for Elimination Chamber. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Leave a review where you can leave a review. Big one there is share the podcast around. means a lot to us. If, you, uh, if you've got a wrestling fan in your life, you send them this podcast. Right, let's get started. Here we go. This is CookieCast. Getting over. Recording in progress. Hello. Uh, as you can tell, if you're watching on the YouTubes by my particular location, we are back once again. Welcome along, everybody. It's time for the Getting Over podcast right here on CookieCast. Uh, as always, this isn't a singles match, but more of a fatal four-way, as I'm joined by the regulars of Mr. Matthew Moore, Mr. Paul Williams, and the creator of CookieCast himself, Mr. Andy Cook. Um, I think, based on introductions of the past this might be the point where i have to issue the apologies because uh, given recent events um in in no way shape or form when andy has been referred to as the vince mcmahon of cookie cast um uh, none of those things are legally binding um, no offense was intended at the time um, and andy certainly did not have relations with that woman um so yeah anyway allegedly moving on We'll start where we always start. It's the predictions title, and last time out we were here to predict the Royal Rumble. Uh, but just before those predictions were made, Andy took the title from Matt via a tiebreak situation, and headed into one of the most most unpredictable premium live events of the year. Would this still be the case once the Rumble dust had settled? Well, gentlemen, have we have we seen Rumbles? Oh yes. Mm. She managed to, to get through it fairly quickly. I was quite surprised. It was, I thought, I, I actually thought the women's one was better, if I'm honest. As far as normal matches go, anyway. The actual match itself. Um, anyway, we were playing for a maximum of 12 points. And we, we made a nice little pattern on the results. We got, we got a... A four, five, six, and seven out of the possible twelve. Um, so the the extra points were made up by the surprise, uh, the bonus categories of surprise entrance, longest participant time, and most eliminations. Uh, that, and that was in play for both rumble matches. Um, we had all predicted Roman Reigns and Logan Paul to retain their respective championships, which was sort of a given, really. Um, but yeah, here's where things then went adrift for some. So, defending champion Andy went from first to worst, unfortunately for you, with with four points this time around. Um, Paul, despite picking Bailey to win the Women's Rumble, you know, because there was absolutely no way she wasn't, um, he, he managed a point more on five. 
So that then left it down to Matt and me. Uh, and I'm, I'm very happy to say that at the end of the night, that it was me that got the seven points with Matt on the six. Uh, so I was, was quite happy with that. Um, it might have had something to do with the fact that um, I got both Rumble winners, which I was quite happy about, um, and one of the surprises. Um, the, the points for the, uh, the longest um, and most eliminations, however, nobody got. The longest in the match was Jey Uso. Um, we, all, we either had Cody, Sami Zayn or, or Drew McIntyre. Unfortunately for Matt, Sami Zayn came in at about 20, well, late 20s. Yeah, yeah, I saw that and I was like, yep, nope. Yep, one very long at all, was he? Um, and I had Drew, which unfortunately didn't didn't particularly uh, carry off either because he, I think he made Final Four, though, didn't he, in the end? Um, so, yeah, not not the great. Um, most eliminations, surprisingly... Oh, sorry, the longest in the women's match was Bailey. Um, and, again... Nobody got that one. Um, she came in at number three. Obviously went all the way through to win. Most eliminations, I thought, we're going we're gonna to pick up some points. Andy had Drew. Paul had Damien Priest. Me and Matt had, had guns in the men's match. One, it's got to be one of them. Nope, that would that would have been Bron Breaker from NXT, who's not even on the main roster. Or wasn't even on the main roster at that point. Uh, and the women's match... However, we did fare a little better as me and Matt both picked up a point for Nia Jax. Um, overall, as rumbles go, I thought it was all right. Yeah. It wasn't one a terrible, terrible event. Um, it had what I expected to be probably the the, the ending. Obviously, I picked Cody to win. Um, it felt right that him that they, the whole event went off the air with him pointing up and sort of during a little bit of Roman Reigns who was sat in his skybox um, you know having put in a really really busy shift in that fatal four-way match earlier on in the night um, and yeah everything seems set so we'll move on to the news <laughs> the, the Smackdown after the Rumble saw Cody Rhodes come out and initially declare he wasn't facing Roman at Mania despite what had happened at the end of the Rumble but he knew a man who was here comes the newly minted TKO director and all-round egomaniac, The Rock. Um, the, it's safe to say that for that entire weekend and around a week afterwards, the internet, with regards to the, like, the little corner of it that belongs to the wrestling, kind of melted a little bit. Um, we Want Cody was trending from that SmackDown all the way through until I think the end of the following SmackDown and then again a period since. Um more surprisingly, people other than me actually boot the rock. And people have the audacity to say that I have an agenda against Tony Khan and Dave Meltzer and all that AEW nonsense when this spice comes from this particular side of the Cookie Cast podcast arm. We're in full agreement about Meltzer. He can find a bin and dive in for as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. Um, but yeah, I mean, luckily for WWE, they've still got Triple H in charge of the booking these days and not the former chairman. 
Um, and, and change is actually a thing, apparently. Um, so WWE held a WrestleMania kickoff press conference, which I'm sure you're all aware was in uh, Vegas in the, the days leading up to the Super Bowl. Um, kind of a smart move, I guess, with so many eyes already on the area. But um, here we got the confirmation that Cody, that Cody's final decision would actually be Roman Reigns. Um, so Cody's facing Roman Reigns, and The Rock is not involved uh, in as a participant in that match. Cue the full Rock heel turn, and now he's aligned himself with Roman Reigns. Um, one thing that I didn't know about The Rock was that he could swear so many times on TV during that pre- the end of that press conference. The guy on the beat machine for WWE has finally earned his money because he was working overtime in the backstage segment. Um, but yeah, since then, Heel Rock's continued to grace our screens and we've even had Seth Rollins declare that it will help Cody in his battle against the Bloodline, which seems kind of odd um, as he'll now have his hands full with a new challenger at WrestleMania after Elimination Chamber this coming weekend. Uh, but obviously more on that a little later. Um, did we all see the press conference stuff? What are the thoughts on where this is possibly headed? So, the... <laughs> The funniest thing that I'd seen that had come out of the, uh, of the press conference was obviously they had, the, they had the panel, which was obviously what they've been doing now for the past, what seems like, 10 years, uh, where they have it set away from the main stage. This one was Michael Cole, Pat McAfee, CM Punk, and Big E, which was nice to see because he's not obviously been around for a long time. Um, not... Or, or, or I believe, as I uh, as I dubbed him on the on the chat, not quite so big he, as uh, obviously his uh, his, uh, his neck injury has led to uh, a, a, probably a reduction in the uh, heaviness of the weight he can lift these days, which is a shame. Um, but <laughs> at one point after the uh, after that bit of the set two with uh, with the rock um, the rock raids. Cody and Seth. At one point, <laughs> Biggie just goes, "Well, I'm, confu- well, I'm confused. Like, uh, what, what, what we, what we, what we head towards in here? We head towards a tag, are we? Uh, and then he just shut up. So obviously, someone in his ear was like, "Shut up, shut up, shut up." <laughs> <coughs> and I thought that was that was quite funny. That obviously he's he's just there, so I'm thinking, "Oh, well, I can probably say what I want." And then they're like. Not give away the farm, please. <laughs> my, my two favourite bits from the whole thing was the, the, the panel, because as, as Paul mentioned, CM Punk um, was, was on that panel, um, and he was basically just there to get people to start punching each other in the face, which I don't know if he was just leaning heavily into the stereotype of what happened in AEW. One, one, thing, that, one thing that Andy will definitely appreciate was the fact that at one point Big E said, uh, when they were talking to uh, CM Punk, he just Biggie chimed in with, "I'm just here so you don't get fined." <laughs> the, the other bit that I liked was when um, Seth Rollins was on stage and he tried to introduce Cody, and then Roman Reigns came out instead, and then two had a little bit of a, a verbal ding dong um, about their time and their history gone by. Um, and Seth said it's nice nice of you to turn up to work for once, of which the crowd really cheered to. And Roman Reigns said something back to him, well, at least I've not turned up in my wife's shoes, as the camera cut to his 
shiny patent leather loafers with big white bows on the top, which I quite I quite enjoyed that. He got a, he got a decent reaction as well. Well, with, I, I thought Seth did quite well there because this is coming mm. off the back of previous in the previous week's SmackDown, I think, um, where Roman had come out and said something about Seth, and the, and the crowd didn't react. So, as quick as the flash, he went, "That's right, no pop." And I was like, "Oh, that's a bit stiff, no?" Jesus it, it has it has been getting quite tasty. I think I think like you say, Big E possibly has given a bit a bit away because part of me now fully expects both titles to be defended on night two and there to be a tag match night one. Um, it can't be the other way around because surely the title's got to be the main thing. Um, you know, finishing the story and all that. Uh, but yeah, we, as as we mentioned there, um, CM Punk was on that panel. Um, because following his return to all the pomp and circumstance at Survivor Series, Punk's dream of competing at WrestleMania 40 seemingly over as he tore his right triceps during the Rumble match. Uh, he did finish as runner-up, uh, but as he rightly said himself, uh, nearly zoning good for horseshoes and hand grenades. And despite the injury, uh, Punk has stuck around. He was part of that panel, um, and he's been delivering some off-air promos um, after like Raw this week. Um, the fact he's still around makes me think that we he still might have a part to play at Mania, um, just not in the intended capacity. Um, part of me thinks because it's in Philly and there's the link to him and, and ECW in that area, um, I wondered if they might get him to be the host. Or is the injury not quite as bad as they're making it out and he'll it'll, it'll have... But, you know, I'm not saying he's not injured. He absolutely is injured. I've seen the piece of hardware that he's having to wear on his arm at the moment. But, you know, is, is the, the possibility of an interference or a, or a special guest referee or... I would say referee or enforcer or something like that kind of thing, yeah. I think the only problem is you don't really want to be, like, messing around with a, with a triceps, do you? Because, obviously, if he's, he's, this is, what, his third match in a row that he's come back and he's suffered an injury. So if he's already teetering on the edge of him being a bit, you know, made of glass, mm. do you really want to sort of like, if you know that he's recovering from surgery, do you really want to push it that far and mm. stuff like that? I mean, it's, I, I, it's I, imagine that, I imagine there's an idea that potentially, um, if, if you would, if you didn't want to keep him involved, so like that, the, the, the easiest way for me would be have him as the, the uh, as the guest commentator for the Seth Championship match. Mm-hmm. Would be my that would be the way that I would go personally. The, the, there's one way that that will happen, which might be foreshadowing later on in the podcast. But uh, if 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 uh, a certain person gets through to face Rollins, I think that's probably more uh, more likely. Um, I. I'm, I'm, I'm just disappointed for him because I know that he's he's got his detractors for sure and he doesn't always go about things in the right way but I think there was a lot of money left on the table by the way that the injury's sort of fallen um, and let's face it it's, it's punching people in the face arm that's gone so um, you know at least people can breathe a little bit easier backstage for the next uh, six to nine months I was I was listening to a podcast where they were going through like the end of year awards from I can't remember if it was the Wrestling Observer or if it was PWI or whatever it was. 
But I think someone as a joke had suggested that feud of the year was CM Punk versus AEW. Which <laughs> 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 I thought was quite funny. Well, based, based around the current turnaround, uh, probably uh, this year's would be TNA management versus every single member of their roster. <laughs> oh my God. Um, uh, for those of you that aren't up to date with Impact, um, Scott Damore was recently uh, released from his position and a lot of the talent are not happy about it and they've been uh, extending contracts for you know when people have missed time out to injury and things like that people aren't happy about that um, and every single pretty much every single member of the top tier level of the, the Impact roster or TNA roster now um, started posting egg timers on uh, their socials indicating the countdown to the end of their contracts everybody seems to think so um I can't, I can't think who it was, but there was there was someone. I, I think I don't know if it was a commentator or um, or um, or the, the ring announcer or something. Like that. But someone I saw that someone had put. Wait, I want to join it. They just did dot 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 timer on their Twitter feed, and I was like, yeah, that's quite good. Someone had to one of the ones I'd seen on the reply said either everybody's waiting to leave. Or Karrion Cross is getting a huge payday was the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I honestly thought you were going to say something like, either they're all waiting to leave, or we've got a hell of a lot of boiled eggs coming in, or something like that. <laughs> it's going to be um, either very messy or very expensive, I would suggest, for uh, the uh, current TNA owners at this point. Uh, but yeah, we've kind of gone off there. But um, Getting back towards the other stuff, like you said, uh, Bailey wins the Women's Rumble. And again, let's face it, absolutely no way she wasn't. Uh, the perhaps more unexpected twist in the tale is that she's now challenged her former stablemate in Io Sky to a match for her WWE Women's title at WrestleMania. Um, have you seen how this was revealed? Did you see the announcement of who she wanted to face? Yeah. To, to me, this was the best thing that Bailey's been involved in. It's probably since Damage Control were, were formed back at uh, SummerSlam. Um, I, I thought it was, it was very clever. Um, it was all setting up for the announcement. Um, and then she reveals that she knows that the Japanese contingent of uh, Damage Control have been disrespecting her behind her back. And she delivered some of the final lines of her promo in Japanese to cue, cue the shocked faces of uh, Kyrie, Asuka and Neo. Um, I loved it. I thought it was really well done. Yeah, I thought it was, it was yeah, it was clever. Yeah, it was very good. I'm also pleased that um, Bailey's not just going to get fed to Rhea Ripley because that that to me is not a match that we need to see at this point in time. Um, I think Bailey hasn't been on the greatest of streaks until winning the Rumble. I think she even noted herself that she'd been on a bit of a bit of a downer. Um, so I think feeding it to, to Rhea Ripley would have been a mistake. I quite like the, the fact that she's going against somebody who probably feels beatable at this point for the fact that she's been somewhat protecting herself for the last, you know, many months. Um, and yeah, speaking of setting up matches for WrestleMania, it seems we may be getting Uso versus Uso. You seen any of this? Saw a little bit to it. I didn't see. I saw the. I, I didn't see the J versus match, but I saw what had happened at the end of it um, mm. to sort of cause the the 
natural conclusion to the match, so to speak. Yeah, so that's, that's Paul alluded to. Um, Jay Uso had a match against Gunter for the uh, Intercontinental title on Raw this past week. Um, whilst Gunter may have retained to continue his record-breaking run, which, by the way, he has now held the title longer in one single reign than any other superstar has held over combined reigns, which is just insane. Um, but yeah, that, that meant the retention came. Uh, as, as Jimmy Uso, first off, just got the the ring bell and started ringing it to confuse people um, and then jumped the barrier and uh, had a bit of uh, a bit of a scrap with his brother um, to me they're undoubtedly one of the best tag teams of, of modern generation if not ever uh, so to get them to face up each other at Wrestlemania kind of feels like a, a bit like a dream match like the, the possibly maybe more for them as brothers than maybe the, the wider world but I'm for one I'm very excited to see it I think there's a lot they can do with it yeah, yeah. Um, I think they, t- they almost sort of like tested the waters somewhat with putting him in as one and two in the rumble didn't they so. yeah and that, that kind of well I, I think that he got a good pop as well if I, remember. I mean you always get you know as long as it's not going to be like surprise entrant James Ellsworth coming in at number one I think you're always probably going to get a a decent reaction, but I think that that works quite nicely, anyway. Um, but yeah, and then finally for the news, um, I've got the WWE Experience is now open in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Uh, it looks pretty good. Um, I'm, I'm not gonna lie; it, it would be awesome if it was somewhere a little bit more accessible to me. Um, but yeah, Thunderdome Experience—you get to walk the ramp, uh, go through like a proper gorilla position. Um, it seems to almost be like a simulated show that you get to take part in, apart from the actual having of a match. Um, but the other attractions there include Build a Superstar, Undertaker's Graveyard, and of course, a huge shop. Um, but <laughs> the, um, the Undertaker's Graveyard thing, I think, is a little bit, it, it seems to be different to the um, sort of the streak graveyard that, that was at Access years ago um, there's a bit more to it I think there's a lot more um, it seems to be more artefacts from his career and things like that uh, but they, they they pushed the launch of it they sent over Natalia um, obviously who had the, the first women's match in the country uh, has wrestled there since and sent over Braun Strowman who um, looks kind of like a, a, like if somebody had stuck a bit of a foot pump in Cowboy Brock Lesnar at this stage um, he is a very large Crocodile Dundee cowboy hat wearing son of a gun right now um, but yeah it almost feels like a physical sort of hall of fame would have been a good addition to the setup um, but I can't see that happening in Saudi I think they'd have to replicate the, the thing in the US maybe and I think that's the only way where they'd tie the two together um, obviously if they feel like opening one of them in the UK just you know, come on down because uh, I think we'd be uh, we'd be there in the fir- first first few weeks. Preferably in the north of it, would you say? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that they'll just whack it in York just to pander to our needs. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, just make fun. Well, WWE have announced a buyout of the Barbican. We've listened to Yorkshire's premier podcast. Premier Wrestling Podcast, and we know exactly where this all is going. 
Um, but yeah, that, that as far as as far as news and a bit of a roundup as what's happened since the rumble, that's kind of what I've got for now. Um, so this feels like an opportune time to just recharge the glasses, take a little bit of a breather, and we will dive straight back into some elimination chamber predictions. So don't go anywhere, and we will be right back to you. Recording in progress. And um, we're back. You see, wasn't long at all. And we get, as promised, I'm going to dive straight in. So the, the WWE Elimination Chamber is uh, international again for the second Elimination Chamber running. Uh, last year was in Montreal, and this year is even further afield in Perth, Western Australia. Uh, as such, fans in the US will finally know what it's like to have to get up in the middle of the night as festivities kick off at 5 a.m. Eastern time. So even, like, you know, it's, it's a bit of an early morning, it's not a late night. Um, but that does mean, however, that it's 10 a.m. start here. So uh, breakfast and wrestling, anyone? Is the uh, order of the day on Saturday? Well, oddly um, enough, um, uh, I, I believe he's at Yates's in uh, York City Centre. They are doing a breakfast wrestling ticket where you could take your kids along to watch the pay-per-view. In I mean, you the have book. to spoil it. Come on. Had they gone for like a bottomless brunch kind of a deal? <laughs> Maybe not seen the winner of the chamber, but hey, whatever. Um, By the way, just to, just to, just to sort of throw a little experiment, like, technically this is the third year in a row that the chamber's taking place outside of the uh, States, because I believe in two, uh, 2022, oh. it was in Saudi. You are correct, sir. You are correct. Um, yeah, I, I don't have a stats mistress. My uh, cupboard is too small, so... Uh, unfortunately, yeah. Paul, Paul is correct. In fact, Paul has now earned himself the title of uh, getting over Stats Mistress. Um, that sounds wrong. Anyway, moving on. It sounds wrong that it's taken until now for that to happen. <laughs> I, I always worked on the principle that was set in stone before the first episode. But... He's, 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 tricked, he's tricked us all this time by being wrestling Rain Man and is secretly just Stats Mistress is what he was aiming for. So. Um... But yeah, we'll, we'll move along. So as always, um, the match information is taken from WWE.com and is correct at the time of recording. And considering it's a, a huge hurrah abroad, there's only four matches announced. I'd say so far, but as, again, at time of recording, SmackDown this coming Friday was pre-recorded. And as far as I've read, there are no further match announcements. Um, yeah, a little bit light. Anyway, we'll get into it. So the four on the card I have uh, is the WWE Women's World Title Match. So Rhea Ripley defending against Nia Jax. A uh, tag team championship match where Finn Balor and Damian Priest are defending against Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate. There is a women's elimination chamber match. And a men's elimination chamber match, both of which to determine the uh, challenger for the equivalent World Heavyweight title at WrestleMania. So, first off, we'll start with the home country girl, Rhea Ripley, uh, bringing back the title to defend against long-time rival Nia Jax. Uh, Nia's been getting involved with Rhea Ripley since her return to WWE last September and hasn't had a title match yet, as far as I'm aware. Uh, this has kind of angered Nia Jax as so she's finally taken matters into her own hands by relentlessly attacking the champion week after week. Um, 
there's been a bit of a mix-up with the uh, the old announced teams as well now because Pat McAfee's back has uh, announced we're on a roll with Michael Cole and that's moved uh, Wade Barrett over to, to SmackDown with Corey Graves. And since Pat McAfee's return, there's been some very bizarre phrases because particularly when Nia Jax has been, for want of a better expression, squishing Rhea Ripley, um, it keeps using the, frame, uh, the phrase, is it? sternum to spine and every time he says it it just makes me feel a bit like Ugh. like the, the, just the thought of it is like Ugh. but i guess that's kind of like the point but yeah yeah um but yeah because of the attacks obviously that's brought around the title match it's been booked for elimination chamber um chance is it a chance for Rhea to get even or is it going to be naya's time to shine now bear in mind i have prefaced this with the fact that she's in her home country at the event before WrestleMania and has been ripping everybody a new one all year long. I'm pretty sure I'm about to write the same name four times, right? I am working on the principle that for some of these matches, you have pre-filled the boxes. Stop pulling the curtain back, Andy, come on. I'm just, I'm just like, I looked, like, when it came through, I looked at some of them and I was like, um, uh, uh, okay... I wonder who we're going to pick for this match. Well, on that note, hence why um, I've, di- I've discussed with you guys ahead of time um, a tiebreaker, which we will get to during the uh, Elimination Chamber predictions. But just for confirmation, we're all picking Ray Ripley, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I, so, obviously, this jumps us forward to the next pay-per-view, but whoever it is that wins that chamber, I, I don't think that matters. Like, to me, you don't beat Rhea Ripley at this point for... I mean, there's, there's the argument to make, there's the argument to be made, to be made that, well, it, it's, worked, it's worked this far with Roman Reigns and people are still buying tickets, so... Until, you, be, until yes. you see longest reigning champion next to her name... Just put her name down for every single match between now and then. I mean, that's very much been flavour of the month for the last three years. So it wouldn't surprise me if they take that out with the with the women's division as well. Um, I, th- I think was it? Did she did she win it at last year's? And then it obviously turned into the the uh, incarnation of the title that she's got now. So technically, she's you know she's coming on for a year as champion. Um, I think the problem that they've got is that the people who are like who would be believable challengers have been within the last year so far beaten into submission that at this point there's not really there's, there's nobody at her level. Um, now they've they've done an okay job with Nia Jax, but realistically nobody wants to see her as as champion over Rhea Ripley. So I, I, the fact that Ripley's in one of the more popular groups in the company, um, she's—I would suggest that she's she's even eclipsed Becky Lynch over the last year in terms of popularity. She's definitely shifted more merch than anybody else in the Judgment Day, or, or you know, she's got to be top top three or top four for for merch sellers in on Raw. I would have uh, expected. Um, so everything's kind of—I mean, if she wasn't, think how much of a boost she's going to get this weekend when all the uh, the hometowners go down and. Uh, Pick up everything that says her name on it. I was, I was, I, God, sorry, I, was I, I looked because I like the uh, is it the Judgment Day T-shirt at the moment with all their names on. Mm-hmm. 
two things. Wow, that was expensive when I looked at how much it was. And yep. two, they really missed a trick not doing for like a, a limited run of R Truth little oh. sticker on the bottom as well. No, they did. They absolutely oh, did. did. Yeah. Oh. Um, and it was done in a style, you know, like the old KO t shirt where it looked like the initials were put on with duct tape. They made it look like masking tape with pen on the top. Oh. Um, so it, they, they did they did do that, but um, that's all been squashed now, obviously, since uh, the, the recent ejection. Um, but yeah, okay, we're, we're all in the book. I thought that would be the case we've got for Rhea Ripley. So, next up on the card, the undisputed WWE tag team title match, Finn Balor and Damien Priest defending against Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate. So as mentioned last time out on the pod, Pete Dunne is back and he's rejoined Tyler Bate in the tag division. They had to win a fatal four-way qualifier and then met DIY in like the final because they won a different four, uh, four-way qualifier uh, and that was to advance to Perth for a title shot. Dunne picked up the win via a better end for his team uh, and as we were just saying, Judgment Day seems to have taken a bit more of a serious turn again, distancing themselves from our truth shenanigans of the past few months. Um the only person that seems to still be getting involved with with our truth is is Don, because um, he's sort of appeared to interfere at the end of uh, qualifying matches and such, and sort of has caused a bit of mischief with Don, but hasn't really had any interactions with the the, the rest of the group for the last few weeks. Um, but yeah, can Finn and Damien keep their edge and uh, return the titles in Australia? Shout out to the founder, clearly, in that uh, little bit of a roundup. Um, so, yeah, tag titles. Who's taking them? Ballot and Priest or Dunn and Bates? I would suggest this may be very, very similar to last time around. <laughs> well, let's, so let's, leave Paul, let's leave Paul to last then to build this. Oh, no, no. It, 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 I absolutely am going to the judgment. <laughs> oh, I, I was setting you up I... then. So you could be like, oh, just there. <laughs> I, I, I could have done that thing where, yeah, I, I like give out the sort of the, the massive spiel as to like, you know, it's Bait and Dunn's first time together. You know, it's like since they like, you know, faced each other for the U, the UK championship. La, 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 blah, blah, blah. Do the sort of the whole 10 minutes and then just go, so judgment day to retain. <laughs> <laughs> well... It's, it's a strange one for Tyler Bate because obviously he has been in the tag division before but primarily in NXT and NXT UK um, but in WWE he's never really had Pete Dunne as his partner it was always Trent Seven who's now obviously off doing uh, other things so it is kind of a bit of you know a fresher end if you like of British strong style to the, the uninitiated well haven't um, they got a new name that was like catch something new catch wrestle twins or something weird like that yeah because oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement in the sense of yes I think there is a new name and it rolls off the tongue so well that none of us can quite remember it other than the fact <laughs> it's got catch in it um, but it's that's a little bit too similar to the Drew Gulak Charlie Dempsey group in NXT for me um, I'm not overly keen on it I don't know why British Strong Style's not just been used presumably they've got some sort of issue because there's this whole thing about if it's a cool name that you've used beforehand we'll just give you a shit one to replace it um, so we don't have to pay you any uh, any royalties um, 
British Strong Style is the name to use. There is there is no other name. Um, it's what everybody in this country will know them as, regardless of whatever like nonsense they come up with. Um, English immense fashion world. <laughs> I know, because with Triple H having that whole connection with West Ham, it'll be some sort of football hooligan name, won't it? It'll be like... <clears throat> anyway, so, Paul. The, the only the only kind of thing I thought was, if they do want a title change, it's quite an easy one to kind of... to do. And obviously, you've still got Priest carrying around that um, briefcase that I presume he's got to use soon. Before Good money in the bank, isn't it? Yeah. I I was wondering about this with the briefcase because obviously they've had they've had successful cashings they've had unsuccessful cashings never had it run out yeah but that's just <laughs> crap if they do that like, what's the point but it could but it could be that like he, he's like sort of he's held it back because he's never had like a good opportunity and it could be that they get into like by the way just so you know this is like the last day that the contract is valid. And he tries to cash it in. And whoever they're feuding with at the time, if they're still the tag chance, costs him the match. Mm. Or makes it so that he never officially gets to cash it in. Mm. I mean, if they do that, they might as well just throw money in the bank and the bin, because that's just... I agree. It, true, but, but it, I suppose then, what it, what it does is that it sort of forces the holder to not leave it too long. If that makes sense. Yeah, but we've, we've got a form, haven't we? Because the, the women's one, I think the collectively held time, I think 99.9% of it is Carmella. Whereas everybody else is like, whoa, whoa just do it straight away. Whereas the men's, they kind of... I, either that, or the, or the women's briefcase is actually made of lightning. And they can literally only get it down. And then it's like, Jesus Christ, that just catch it, get rid of it. You're trying to say that Carmella likes rubber gloves, is that what you're insinuating? Uh, if you want to, if you want to make that the narrative, mate, you go ahead. I'm having nothing to do with that. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we should we should probably move away from that particular uh, cul-de-sac. Um, so yeah, we we were getting around to everybody predicting Balor and Priest. Apart from Matt, now I feel like Matt. No, no. Right. Okay. Cool. Okay, right, let me let me pop all those down. It's almost like my book should have a copy of so this. Like, there's a hundred alternative alternative universes in one of those hundred maybe Balor uh, done in their uh, uh fate win, but uh, in the other ninety nine hundred percent. Um so moving on to number three and I've got the this one down as the women's <laughs> elimination chamber match. Um on par with recent um, years, I, I fully expect this to probably be the one that kicks off the show. Um, that or Ripley, we'll see. Um, anyway, the Elimination Chamber match is to determine the number one contender to um, the Women's World Championship, obviously currently held by Rhea, uh, and it entails Liv Morgan versus Raquel Rodriguez versus Naomi versus Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair versus... New girl, Tiffany Stratton. Um, all of the competitors face stiff competition to qualify for the chamber, but a special mention to Shotzi at this point. 
She was scheduled to take part in a qualifying match but tore her ACL at NXT just a few days before the qualifying match took place. Um, she did that during an NXT women's title match. They they stopped the match halfway through and uh, it, it didn't sound like a, a pleasant situation. Um, she's going to be out now for around nine months or so, so speedy recovery. Um, I did see that she'd undergone a successful surgery earlier this week. Um, and in true Shotzi fashion, I believe the quote underneath it was, she was very grateful to the surgeon because he even managed to save her tattoo on her knee. So that's uh, some precision work right there. Um, but yeah, speedy recovery. I think she was just getting a bit of uh, steam behind her um, as a character. She was starting to get a little bit more airtime. Um, had a new pop figure on the way, so you know that's always ticking a box for me. Um, but I think that shows that they, they probably would have had a stick around on TV for a little longer. I'm not saying she would have necessarily won the chamber, but she might have got a decent run on SmackDown. Um, but yeah, Becky was the first one to qualify. And, more surprisingly, for her first Elimination Chamber match ever, uh, by defeating Shayna Baszler. Bianca beat Mi Chin. Liv Morgan beat Zoe Stark. A returning Naomi defeated Alba Fire. And Tiffany Stratton bested Zelina Vega. Raquel was the final entrant to qualify in probably the toughest task by winning a last chance battle royal on Raw. Um, obviously Raquel's had her own issues, not been really been around too much of late. Um, turns out it was from um, a plethora of sort of ailments in the sense of I think she had some allergies and some sort yeah, of I, weird I stuff going video, on. I saw a video that she, that she posted on the, I think it was Instagram or Twitter, I can't remember which one it was, but um, it looked, yeah, it looked like she had some sort of, like, I don't know if she'd eaten something or, or something that, like, completely disagreed with her, but the amount of, like, rash that was on, like, her face and then spread to, like, her upper chest and her back, mm. oh, God, it looked horrendous. Well, like, I think, I think the, the, the quote underneath the, those photos was, um, made me feel really sorry for her because it looked rough, um, and obviously from her Latina background, she's now apparently no longer able to have tortillas or tequila, which was kind of her whole shtick, so um, yeah, yeah oh man, I look bad, but she's, she's seemingly got herself in a better place, and um, she slotted straight back into you know, sort of, well, number one contender contention um, so yeah, so with all that being said, who's getting the tickets to WrestleMania this coming weekend uh, Andy, do you want to go first? Um Becky Lynch. Okay. Any particular uh, reason? No. I just think that she's the most logical person to face Rhea Ripley. Okay. Um, Matt? Same for me. I just looked at the list and I was like, there's nobody else that I can see them putting on the poster to Sell, sell WrestleMania. So, yeah. Well, why don't you go first? Okay. I've got, I've also gone for Becky Lynch. Um, not a massive shock. Um, to me, she is possibly one of the bigger names within that match. There are other other matches within this, uh, as in people I would like to see face Rhea Ripley. For example, um. Bianca Belair, I'm sure, would be a, a, a great opponent. 
problem with Bianca Belair is I think that they're still going to try and shoehorn in this Jade Cargill match. Um, so we'll see about that. Tiffany Stratton, too early for her. Naomi, fine, she's just come back. But unless they want to, you know, scrape neon pin off the mat, then probably leave that one alone for a while. Um, Raquel, again, just come back, so there's no real steam behind her. The only other one that I would have picked would have been Liv Morgan, because she's, she's again, come back from injury. The injury was, was at the hands of uh, Rhea Ripley, and she's, she's getting a bit of, like, traction online by dropping a few little bits into the ends of her promos. Whether they're supposed to be there or not, who will ever know? But it's... Um, Starting to be billed as the Liv Morgan Revenge Tour, which, um, you, you know, that's tours haven't ever been billed as revenge tours in any kind of pop music world of late, have they? And not caught on. Anyway, um, it's picking up some steam. So Liv was the only other person, but purely for the fact that they had Becky interrupt Rhea at the Vegas press conference, that is the, re- that is the only reason ultimately that I went for Becky over um, over Lynn. Paul so for, for nothing else other than the fact that they've, they've made it quite clear in the sort of the promos the the way they've steered the TV if I had to put money on it I would be backing Becky Lynch I just think there's something there's something in the back of my head that's just saying it's so obvious that that's the way they're going. That's the way they're going. That's the way they're going. You always have like a little bit of doubt in your mind that there's one match that will just swerve you on. And I do wonder if it's this one. Because I think they can get creative to find a way to get back into the title picture. And it kind of plays into my previous comment of you don't really want Rhea to lose. But if you want to keep Becky strong, what's the best way to do both? Make it a triple threat. Put the pin on the put, put the pin on the other person that doesn't really matter as much. So, for sheer sort of I mean you can class it as points, or just to try and sort of think outside the box, I suppose. Stick me down for Liv Morgan. Okay. Like I say, I, I, I would have I would have picked her if it wasn't for that presser. Um, Plus, obviously, Liv Morgan's got the she's got previous in the fact that like she's been she's been eliminated second to last in the last two rumbles, one of which was by Rhea Ripley. And and they were a tag. And who's who, which female has been in the most elimination chamber matches so far? Morgan. Interesting. Well, in other words, there was that stat one that apparently of the five, is it five or is it six Royal Rumbles we've had now? Six. Six. Of the six Royal Rumbles, there's only two women that have been in all six. And it's Liv Morgan and Natalia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, um, they put out a, like a, a bit of a promo video on the WWE Instagram. I don't know if it was earlier today or yesterday. Um, and it was asking superstars questions about the Elimination Chamber, one of which was um, 
uh, you know, who's been in the most, and who's one of them was who's won the most, which was Triple H. Um, but I really particularly enjoyed the fact that Kevin Owens took the assignment seriously, um, and they asked him they asked him how much it weighed and how many miles of chain, and he said something like eighteen tons. Uh, no, it was no something like one hundred twenty-seven miles of chain, and it always sixteen ounces. He's been speaking to somebody in the props department, clearly. Um, and he also gave the name of the person who won the most rumble matches as somebody who's never been in a rumble, won the most elimination chamber matches, somebody who's never been inside the elimination chamber. Um, it said completely with a straight face, but I, I, uh, I imagine it was more of a stop asking me stupid questions. I need to be doing other things. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. Men's chamber match is the last match on the card for this podcast. Um, and again, same setup. To, uh, to determine the number one contender to the World Heavyweight Championship currently held by Seth Rollins. Um, it will be contested by Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre, Logan Paul, and L.A. Knight. Um, I'll, I'll be quite happy to, to go first if you want me to, or if one of you guys want to jump in. Um, but I am... I'm, I'm jumping. I'm jumping back on the the, the old uh, Scottish Express and going straight for Drew McIntyre. Matt is nodding along. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, there's a thump from Paul. Andy, have we got clean sweeps again? Yeah, Drew, Drew, Van and McGrew. So I listened. I listened. I, I watched a show on YouTube the other day that said that this has had the most. Easy to call flavour to a podcast that the person in question had, had, had known in pre in like in recent history. He said like it, it's almost set up like you can pretty much guarantee he's going to win each match. Um, and I agree, hence why I kind of threw the curveball in there with the Liv Morgan thing. It's um, it is worth noting that that Rollins is appearing on the show as is Cody Rhodes. And they're doing a, a Grayson Waller effect, but whether that will have an effect on any of the outcomes of the matches, I doubt it very much. Um, for me, this one again, I'll, I'll go through it like I did the last one. Bobby Lashley, quite honestly, Bobby, really sorry to say this, but for the past six to eight months, nobody gives a shit. Um, Randy Orton, Randy Orton was 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 up there just purely because he's Randy Orton and. He's come back. Is he's had strong showings since. He was decent in the, the fatal four way at um, Royal Rumble, but it just wasn't quite enough. Logan Paul well, still the US. With the, with, with the Randy Orton, the whole point was that he was supposed it was supposed to be a one on one match for him and, him, with him and Roman at the Rumble one. Yeah. And then someone said, "Oh no, they don't want to beat him that soon after him coming back." So they, so they put Styles and um, LA Knight into the match. Which, which, well, by the way, just well, isn't he going to have to lose here? Slight tangent of um, AJ Styles there. That guy was furious this week. I've been his rating <laughs> from last year to this year's from twenty three to twenty four in the two K games. He's gone from a ninety one or a ninety two to an eighty five. How that guy did not swear on the interview was beyond me because he's a, he is a gamer as well. But it, for the wrong reasons, that made me chuckle. Sorry, Matt. I don't know what I was going to say now. Um, <laughs> that all. Do, do, so I see. 
this is this is where I show my ignorance. I've never seen an elimination chamber match. Ooh. So I don't know exactly how they were. So right. is it it's, does he technically doesn't lose, does he? Well, he does. No, he, well, he, he, he has to... He ha, the elimination in the, in the sense of it has, he has to be pinned or submitted. So, um, yeah, we probably should have gone through this before the women's one, but for, for those that, um, that don't know, two entrants start. They used to specify the timing intervals between them when a pod would open at random, um, whereas now on the uh, WWE.com it just says... Regularly scheduled Regu- regular, regularly timed intervals. It doesn't specify a time, so I imagine that has a little bit of uh, relevance on how long or short they're currently going. <laughs> and then they just set the sound effect off, which yeah. So after after a certain time, a pod opens, somebody else comes in, and that repeats until all the pods are empty, and then the basically the last person standing wins. But it has has to be pinned or. Um, submitted to, 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 to leave unless there's some sort of hockey bullshit injury like they did to Bobby Lashley a few years ago. Um, was that like, in fact, was that last year? Was that the year before? I think it might have been the Saudi no, one. That, that, was, that was the Saudi one. Mm. Um, but yeah, so it, it, it kind of, if, if Orton isn't going to be the winner, it does kind of have to eat one or the other. I think so. Yeah, we're going through the one, aren't we? So, lastly, no. Orton, no. Logan Paul is US champion. There's no way that they're not going to have him in some kind of match at Mania for the US title. Um, and do you know what? I wouldn't be disappointed if they went back to the well with him and Miz because them two have done all right. Um, LA Knight is starting to become that conundrum that can't really be answered in the sense of when do they pull the trigger? Because it's looking a lot like never again at this point in time, and that's it's had too many people come back that jump ahead of him on the card, and they should have pulled the trigger a while ago, and um, they haven't. And you can see on that kind of trajectory, it's kind of on that kind of. It's, it's not over. You know, he's over the peak. He's not on the full way down, but. It's that kind of thing of you missed your chance there. We might just have stumbled upon it because if are they are they going to use this to set up Logan Paul versus LA Knight at Mania? Because that wouldn't be half bad either. Because then that gives LA Knight his first title as well for me. We'll see. Um, Kevin Owens, love the guy to bits. Really want him to start picking up some some uh, singles goal again at some point. I just can't see it. Drew McIntyre has been since the, since the Rumble, aside from all the bloodline nonsense, single-handedly the hottest hand going to the point that he created a, a, a feud with CM Punk that wasn't really there. Um, there was no real need for it, and it, it kind of came. But everything he said was logical, made a lot of sense. People got behind it. The fact that he's gone all in for you know for a better expression on his on his socials about uh, the fact that he's killed CM Punk's Wrestlemania dream um, a t-shirt has been printed with uh, Drew McIntyre smiling over a graveside and on the headstone reads CM Punk's Wrestlemania 40 something like that um, he's, he's really going for it I mean I, I just think he would be the best fit and 
if Seth is going to end up with time off because of injuries or whatever. Although that's been a bit quieter the last couple of weeks um, with the whole bloodline thing kicking back in. Miraculously, when he needs to be Cody's shield, he's, he's all a little bit better again. Um, but if you're going to need somebody to carry a title for a while and, and keep keep the title uh, credible, Drew's, Drew's the man for that as well. So that was my reasoning. Um, we do need to very quickly just wrap things up by because we've picked a lot of the same. We've got tiebreak, and I'm going to set this out as us picking the first two entrants into the men's and women's chamber matches. So obviously, I need two names from the six that are listed. Um, so, um, if you want to write these down, because if we all pick the same, we're also kind of stuffed. Um, but yeah, tell me when you guys are ready. Okay, the good news is we've all got different um, doubles so far, so Matt, unless you take mine. I've got Naomi. Two. Naomi and Liv Morgan. Okay, and I have got Bianca and Liv, so we've all got variations, so fingers crossed one of us will be right with those. Um, and for the men, so we'll we'll go backwards. I've got LA Knight and Randy Orton for my two. Um, Matt, your two. I've got LA Knight and KO. Uh, Andy? Uh, Logan Paul and Kevin Owens. Okay. And Paul to round out the tiebreak situation. Uh, I'll go for LA, uh, LA Knight and Logan Paul. So hopefully that'll work out. You know, we might not even need it. Uh, we absolutely will need it. Because uh, Liv, Liv Morgan won't, need, won't, be, won't be winning the Chamber Paul, sorry to say. Um, so LA Knight and Logan Paul were your two. Right. Okay, so locked in then. Andy with Logan KO, Liv, Tiffany Stratton. Paul with LA Knight, Logan Paul, uh, Tiffany Stratton, Bianca Belair. Matt with LA Knight, Kevin Owens, Naomi and Liv. And myself with LA Knight, Randy Orton, and then Bianca and Liv. And that, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, brings us to the end of episode 61 of Getting Over. Um, has anybody else got any other business? In which case, there is just time to pack a bag, get on an aeroplane to Australia, and we'd still probably miss the beginning of Elimination Chamber because it takes fucking ages to get there. Um, but that being said, enjoy your breakfast and wrestles this weekend if you are listening to us in the UK. If you are in the US, <laughs> get up early. Um, and uh, we shall see you next time, just before WrestleMania. 
It's nearly here. Uh, so thank you very much, gents, for joining us, and uh, we'll, we'll see you next time. So there we go. What do you think of that? Another pay-per-view. Sorry, premium live event. I do get that confused. Um, before you go, please do consider like, share, subscribe, and comment. Leave a review where you can leave a review, and check out the website thecookiecast.com. There we've got social media links and an email button, and that way you can get in touch with us. Send us your predictions. If you beat us, we'll send you a prize. That is it for this one. Join us next time when we'll have more wrestling. But until then, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Cookie Cast.